0: She's like, yeah. Time to move on. All right. Have you ever had your car break down before? Head gasket. Head gasket. One of the worst things, right? It always seems like your car breaks down right when you need it. It's never when you're like, "Mm, I'm just gonna take a leisurely drive on a Saturday afternoon. It's always, man, I'm trying to get to work. Trying to get my kids to school, no. trying to get here, trying to get there, and what you know, it breaks down the side of the road. You know? yeah. Alright, what about you guys? Let me get a couple of um, examples here from you guys. Barb, yes? I was driving down to D.C. from New Jersey and it died outside of Annapolis. Dude. Indiana, ah, which is ooh. not great place to be. That is not <laughs> a great no, deal. Birthplace of <laughs> Michael Jackson, huh? <laughs> not, took it, I think we took, it, uh, think we took a bus. bus. I think we took a bus. A bus. It's not, it's not, <laughs> wow. Kevin. <laughs> all right, we were on vacation. <laughs> had oh! We yes. We oh, And we're cruising that. along, and all of a sudden, we're behind Paul <laughs> and Jim, and are pulling <laughs> the jet skis, and the bearing blows off of the trail. Over. Been there, I feel your pain for broken down trailers, Really <laughs> <laughs> right. large objects in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> right. yeah. So we were driving from Virginia to Jacksonville. We lived in Florida, and the car broke down in Georgia. Oh. We had a six-month-old baby, and it was like 40 degrees. Oh. Go, yeah. oh. We'll do one more here. All right. So I uh, was. Uh, I was driving to work and I used to live in Worcester which is central Massachusetts, driving and to Boston, Worcester? Worcester? Worcester. 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 Oh, OK. And uh, my co was in car with me, and the hack gas him, And you know how there's an indicator that shows how hot your engine is? Yes. It was past hot. <laughs> <laughs> and this so bouncing. I was trying to get on the highway, so I was lucky I didn't get on the highway, because otherwise, Wow. So I abandoned my car. Not to be one of those guys that says, I have a better story, but I do. (laughs) Yes. I was driving in one of my trucks that I had at the time, and the temperature gauge started to rise. And I looked for steam, and I didn't see steam. Pulled over, then the gauge started pegging and bouncing almost over the side of the road, open the hood, flame shooting out oh, of the hood. Right in front of a restaurant with people eating outside, <laughs> not but six feet away at Luminati's, in fact. And yeah, it was that it was at lose. And so it was just people were rushing into the restaurants, trying to get away from it, <laughs> grabbing their pizza and running. And I, I, yes. I got the fire out, luckily. Um, but yeah, it, it, one of those moments, not the highlight of, um, you know, of my life there. But when your car breaks down, what's one of the first things you think about? Besides, I need to be somewhere. I got to fix this. Right? It's Yeah, how much it costs to fix it is generally the next in line. But when your car is broken, it's a priority to get it fixed. Yeah. Right? It's, a, it's something that weighs on you. It's something that you're trying to figure out. How much it costs? When am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Can I do it myself? Can I ask a friend? Do I have to bring it somewhere? And then now let's look at on the other side of it. And for those of you that are car guys or maybe you just, you know, understand cars and you like cars. If you want to put a new sound system in your car, how much of a priority is that? that'd be nice. Zero, zero, priority. Right, or maybe you're like, hey, I want to go a little bit faster. Priority? No. It'd be nice, but not a priority. Right, because it's something extra. It's something addition. It's something that would make it a little bit, meh, that might help the performance of the vehicle. Now, I think a lot of times, we can think of Christianity as the same way. That Christianity is more of a performance modification to our lives as opposed to something's broken and it's a priority to get it fixed. Let's go to John chapter 12. Title of today's lesson is I Need a Rebuild. pick up here, Um, Jesus, is it's the beginning of Passion Week, and the majority of the Gospel of John is actually, half of it is spent in the last week of Jesus' life. So John the writer really wants to make sure, as us, the reader, really is able to dive into the last week of Jesus' life. All the different things that go on there, really to understand who Jesus is and who he is to us. And previous to this, we have seen that John has showed us seven signs that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the King. We know that he's given us um, five I am statements up to this point, and we're going to look at those here in a moment. But what we're going to read here is Jesus entering Jerusalem. Entering Jerusalem during Passover, the very beginning of Passover. And most people would say that Jerusalem had about 30,000 people that lived there. During Passover, as a Jew, you would make the pilgrimage, the journey to go to Jerusalem. So most people. At max would say, hey, 1.5, possibly 2 million people swell the city population. you got to like imagine 30,000 city to now 1.5 million, 1 million. That's a lot of people packed into one small area. And this is what Jesus himself is one of those pilgrims coming back to. Jerusalem, after preaching in Galilee, preaching all around, he's coming back to be able to celebrate Passover. And also, we got to know what Passover means to a Jew at that time. You know, of course, if you know your Old Testament, you know that that was when God passed over the Jews and um, killed the firstborn of every Egyptian child or animal livestock, you name it. In order to free his people. So for a Jew, not only is this a celebration where you get to see family, you get to eat, you get to have fun. But this is all about God saving, liberating his people. Amen. And this is the scene that is set as Jesus walks into the city. And we'll start here in verse 12. Um, Actually, let's go to verse 9. Let's start there. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah. It says, Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. The next day, the great crowd, the same one, that had come for the festival, heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid to utter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him, that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him, when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. The Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. We'll stop right there. You know, the people, they see Jesus coming and they rush out to meet him. And they rush out to see him and they're shouting Hosanna, which means save us. They shout out to Him. Blessed is Him who comes in the name of the Lord. They shout out to Him. Blessed is the King of Israel. They had seen Him perform these signs and they wanted Jesus to be the new liberator. They wanted Jesus to be the next one to free the Jews from Roman rule. My Bible keeps moving. You know, we've seen this same attitude from the people after Jesus fed the 5,000. That the people saw him feed 5,000 people and they wanted to make them their king. It's the same idea. And in fact, to the point where they go out and they get palm branches. And uh, of course, to us, we understand that it's Palm Sunday. To them, not Palm Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's kind of strange to think about, but it's true. For them, palms, these palms were again back to their Jewish heritage. That the Maccabees, Simon and Judas, had different um, victories for the Jewish people. And that what, what did they do? They cut down palms and praised them as they came back into the city. So, this whole scene that we see here is all about them praising Jesus because they looked to him as their king. As their new liberator. They want him to free them from the Romans. And in fact, the scriptures that they use is Psalm 118. They add the phrase, King of Israel. They add that in there. They're quoting scripture and they add, oh, by the way, we want you to be King of Israel. Even the disciples, it says, did not understand what was going on. Who Jesus was at this moment. What the plan was. The crowd seemed to miss it. They missed who Jesus was. Which is for us as the reader. If you were to look through the book of John. Jesus tells us exactly who he is. In his I am statements. In John 6 verse 35. Talks about how Jesus is the bread of life. Everything else in life is empty calories. Except for Jesus himself. You like that, didn't you? That's good. The the rest of the um, I am statements, I don't have funny quips like that. So (laughs) just a heads up. Uh, In John chapter 8, it says that he is the light of the world. That we live in a dark world. And what do you know? Jesus brings the light. That Jesus is the hope. Jesus is the one thing that can lead you forward. In John chapter 10, it says that He is the door for the sheep. That He is the only way to salvation. And later on in John chapter 10, it says that Jesus says that I am the good shepherd. That He's going to lead you through the dangers of life. That He is the shepherd that will ultimately laid down his own life. In John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. That your sin, our sin, leads us to death, but Jesus is the one who can defeat sin and bring us life. All these statements have been made prior to this event. All those individuals either A, have heard Jesus say this or a large chunk of them. Or they have heard about it. They could have heard about it from someone else. But how did they miss it? How did they miss who Jesus really was? Because after all, they were looking for a king. And not in the king that we would call Jesus today. I want to put before us this, this afternoon, church, that they couldn't see Jesus for who He was because they couldn't see themselves for who they were. They couldn't see their own life for what it was. They couldn't see their own lives as a sin and the mess that they were a part of. In Romans chapter 6, says that we are slaves to sin. That in our lives, when we fall into sin, as sinners, as fallen people, we are slaves to sin. That we are not free. But the people here, similar to us, have a hard time seeing themselves correctly. Seeing is that they are the slaves and in fact than looking at Jesus as the only way to be set free. The only way to salvation. Because after all, isn't that what he's been saying all along? I am, I am, I am. But yet the people want a king. You know, as a Christian, quote unquote, Christianity today, one of the biggest problems that we don't actually know who Jesus is. Because we don't want to admit Who we are we don't want to see who we really are you know you think about um when your boss pulls you in to his office once a year right what what happens then the review right you're not i don't know about i mean maybe it's just me but walking in that office Generally, I'm not feeling great about things because I'm like, he's gonna, he or she is going to point out something in me that I did wrong and that I could do better. There you go. The only time I'm feeling good walking in there is when I know I nailed it. When I know I was great, you need to give me a raise, and that's it. <laughs> Same thing when you get pulled into your teacher's office or perhaps into their classroom. The only way you're feeling good is if you know confidently that you're the man or you're the woman. But when you're walking into a place where you're about to get told the areas that you're wrong, the areas that you need to do better in, we don't like that. We kind of like, Ugh, hurry up and let's just get through this. There's something about us that we don't like to see who we really are. We don't want other people telling us who we really are. We'd rather live in denial. Leave me alone. This is just who I am. Right. <laughs> That's right. oh. In The same way we can view Jesus that way. Yeah. Now, Jesus, don't pull me into your office. Don't tell me who I really am. I don't want to know. Yeah. I want a Jesus who is accepting but not challenging. Right. I want a Jesus who is welcoming but not convicting. I want a Jesus who is comforting but not demanding re- repentance and obedience. Oh, wow. Come on. Come on, Sorry here. Just jumping through my slides. What's the moved some things around? Amen. Um, You know, when we see that our life is a mess, when we see the fact of who we really are in the light and we can't deny it, then we can only come to one conclusion that we need salvation, that we need a savior, that we need to look at Jesus for who he is. The only way to to heaven. That we need to then look to Jesus and decide that we're going to follow in his footsteps. And we're going to look to him and say, "You know what, Jesus? If you're the way, if you're the way the truth and the life, then I got to go right. with you. I got to follow you." you now imagine, let's go back to this car. You got a broken down car, right? Yeah. Let's say you go in there to the mechanic shop and he begins or she begins to tell you all the problems that you have with your car. Everything that's going wrong, maybe it's a head gasket or you got a transmission issues, whatever it might be. And you listen and you hear it, and they you know, print you out the sheet, right? It's got all of it listed out there, and it keeps on going to the backside, and you're not feeling good about it, are you? So like, I could have just been a check engine light, you reset it, I'm good to go. Right. right? But imagine you get that list of things that you need to fix, and you say, ah! I don't need to worry about it. It'll fix itself. I'll just drive on it a little bit, reset, um, unplug the battery, put it back on so the little check engine light goes away. You can do that if you want to. make you feel better for a couple of minutes. And you decide, I'm gonna just ignore it. What's gonna happen? It's gonna get worse. It's gonna get worse and not better at all. It's, not, it's going to get worse before it gets better. It ain't getting better. That's right. We can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. It needs to be fixed. It needs to be rebuilt. In the same way for us, church. We can't ignore the problems. We can't ignore the sin. We can't ignore the issues. We can't ignore the fact that we need to follow in Jesus' footsteps. Yeah. On, it's not going to get better. Your life isn't going to change just because you keep moving forward. Right. The consequences of your sin aren't going to change just because you decide to ignore it. Right. We've got to allow Jesus to get in there. To shine the light. To check the engine codes. And to figure out what is going on. You know, in Revelation chapter 19... Here, um, You guys don't need to turn there. There's a triumphal entry. If you look at the title of uh, John chapter 12, what we just read, it is titled The Triumphal Entry. In some of your Bibles, some of it is Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. There's a second time in the scriptures of what is to come. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, it says... Here we see an image of Jesus, not quite the one that we just read about with Jesus on a donkey, on a young colt. But we see the second coming, the second triumphal entry. In fact, the true triumphal entry with Jesus entering in as king of kings that no one will be able to deny. You know, in second Peter chapter three, it talks about this will happen in a flash. we can deny who we are. We can deny what's actually there. But when Jesus comes back as the King of Kings, you're not going to be able to hide from him. That's why today we need to examine ourselves. That's why we need to look at who we are and bring our lives into the light. And if you don't know, if you're asking yourself, if you're visiting here or perhaps, you know, you've been coming for years and say, how do I do that? Ask somebody. Ask somebody to show you the scriptures. And also what what this does, knowing that Jesus will be coming back, knowing that he will be coming back in a triumphal entry. We need to share with others as Christians. We need to spread the word. We need the burden is on us. To get the word out there that Jesus is coming back. Yeah. That we all need a rebuild. That we all need to be built in the way of Jesus. Yeah. And the only way that's going to happen is you've got to come forward first and say, this is who I really am. i got problems. i got issues. And we can see Jesus for who He is. Yeah. We can see Jesus for who He is. A King offering salvation. A king that is willing and able to rebuild you into his image. Pretty and new. All rebuilt. Major horsepower. All right right there. I'm sorry if you guys aren't into cars. Bear with me. I'd be lying if I said it was if I'm not going to talk about cars at some point in time in the future. But this is what we have to look forward to, church, is being rebuilt into the image of Christ. But it is going to take some time. It is going to take some work. But it's time to start. That's why Jesus came here. That's why we're here now. So that we can be offered a chance at a new life, a better life and salvation. So church, we need to look to him and follow him, amen, thank you.